The words of the Lord are words of life. Your heart is on 657 AM. 657 AM. Your heart is on 657 AM. And of course, this is I Am Live, a show that primarily focuses on helping you navigate life. And if you are a young person and there are many, many questions and challenges that face you in this modern world, then this is definitely the show for you. Uh, Because these are conversations that we do not want to leave untouched. These are conversations that we do not want to treat as taboo. Um, So also, parents, you are most welcome to participate and to join us in these conversations that we're having because it really will and does help you understand the world that not only you exist in, but more importantly, the world that your child exists within. And of course, as promised, we are stepping into our interview for tonight and we're talking to Utsakane Sono, um, who has quite quite um you know quite the should i call it the profile or bio uh she is a 23 year old occupational therapist currently studying towards her masters of uh, science and occupational therapy uh miss gauteng exclusive 2021 finalist currently miss ekoli semi-finalist passionate about giving back to the community through sanitary pads drives and serving at a children's home for children with special needs. Um, She's also passionate about female empowerment and early childhood development. Um, And she also sings at her church uh, worship team and God being uh, the center of her life. Um, How are you doing, Zagani? I am doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's a Friday evening. Do you feel like it's a Friday or is it also just another day for you? Oh my goodness, I can definitely feel like it's a Friday because I don't have to wake up as early tomorrow. (laughs) I see. So yeah oh wow no i completely understand you now on i am live we always try to get people stoked about the weekend like it has to Mm -hmm. we have to start building a culture where we just get psyched about it i feel like you can't uh do life and go through your monday and friday and then your 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 friday saturday and sunday feels like a monday it's it's just wrong you know (laughs) yeah i agree (laughs) yeah yeah but anyways let's talk about you um i'm actually shocked that you're so young and you've already moved so far i don't know if i should say so far but i'm actually more impressed at just how many things you've aspired towards and you continue to aspire towards um tell us a bit about occupational therapy what is it Sure. Um, Occupational therapy is not a very well-known profession in the healthcare space. Mm -hmm. I think when you speak about health, everyone thinks of the doctor or the nurse, but um, it's not very often that people think of an occupational therapist. Yeah. Um, Occupational therapy basically focuses on wanting people to be independent despite any physical or psychiatric um, condition that might result due to injury or any disability at birth. So you find, for example, that someone gets a severe disability because of an accident or maybe a stroke and now they can't carry out their everyday daily life activities like dressing themselves, bathing themselves, and now they're in a wheelchair. Occupational therapists come in to 
give them the independence that they need to teach them skills to be able to be independent, despite the fact that now they um, have to deal with a disability. And a huge part of what we do as well is to work with children mm-hmm. that are either born with disabilities or get disabilities um, along their lifespan. We want them to be functional and to be able to basically be integrated within their community and feel like they belong. You said that so well. I feel like you're reading it from a paper. Like you just spoke it so eloquently and you beautifully, beautifully expounded on what it is. Um, and that's just me giving you a compliment in that um, you literally just put me there in the space and helped me understand. And I really hope that um, our listeners were able to understand what exactly o- occupational therapy is. Um, and you mm. make a very good point in talking about how whenever we think of the medical industry, we always think of the ones that have been most popularized and the ones that we're most familiar with, right? Because I know what a nurse is, what a doctor is, what a vet is. Um, And I think Mm. the vet industry is beginning to scare me a bit now that I know just the fact that people have dogs on their medical aids. (laughs) And yeah, it really, really scares me. But it really sounds like the work that you do is is all the work that you're continuing to also aspire towards um it's work that is very important but the average joe and the average person doesn't Mm. know how important it is to have people like you and people within your industry even existing um now i'm curious uh because i'm seeing that um doing participating in initiatives and activities Um, that have to do with like taking care of kids, right, is also something you do not as part of your job, if I understand correctly, Mm -hmm. but it's something you do um, as extra, right, in your own own time. So is this like a space that you do out of passion or is it a space that you exist in out of duty? Mm. I I would say both. Um, Mm -hmm. A huge part of um, as I explained, what I studied with OT, a huge part of it has to do with children. Yeah. Um, occupational therapists know child is that, development. Is that, what the, is that what the cool kids call it? OT. <laughs> <laughs> everybody says OT. Yeah, it's yeah, OT. Everybody in your space. <laughs> Everyone in my space. True. Everyone that knows what it is calls yeah, it OT. Yeah. OT. Yes, I'm um, going to start using that. Right, Charles? Doesn't it sound cool? It sounds like OG. You know what I mean, right? It's a, it's what the it's what the Gen Zs are calling it. Oh, I know a girl, Sakani. She's studying OT. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you were still explaining um, um, the 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 connection between uh, it being a passion or duty. Yes. So a huge a huge part of what we do as occupational therapists, a huge part of our training is pediatrics, okay. um, children. So mm-hmm. we literally occupational therapists know child development like the back of their hand basically Mm. um and that for me that learning and education just spiraled my passion when it comes to serving children outside of the working space because there are a lot of children's homes out there that don't have services that they actually need for them to function so what Mm. i mean by that is if you have a children's home where children with special needs are being taken care of those children need occupational therapy services they need rehabilitation services that unfortunately they may not always have access to so i um 
take what I know, the knowledge that I have, and do my best to educate um, the caregivers in the children's home about how they should care for the children, stretch them, different kinds of conditions that they might find in the children's home. Mm. Um, yeah, because you have women that are passionate about offering services to children with disabilities that are kind of isolated in communities, but they don't necessarily um, have a broad understanding of how to take care of these children or how to stimulate them and um, how to just basically aid them in their development. So I take what, what I know and and give yeah. it back, you know. Um, mm. But it's also just the passion. I just I just really love little humans. They Is are just, it? I dread, yes, I dread them so much. I was having a conversation. Bro, no, no, like, like, listen, given. listen, understand where I'm coming from, right? So I was having a conversation with uh, Charles. Uh, earlier over the phone and he has kids he, and he, what's worse is that he has two boys and while we were talking I could hear his kids in the background like causing a ruckus and I'm like Lord like is this for me though <laughs> is this my portion <laughs> oh, but you know what there's so much I feel like there's just so much joy in that because you get to you get to contribute to you know, a future leader, like you, yeah. you have no idea who this child could become. So mm. for me, it's especially knowing that I can contribute to the lives of children living with disabilities, children that are um, stigmatized or stereotyped and very isolated. And they, oh, wow. they, they don't necessarily get the same opportunities as other children that get to play and run around and things like that. Yeah. They, they also deserve to have environments that are structured for them to still be able to play. So I think it's just changing those societal concepts, you know, cause a child in a wheelchair can still mm. play, but the way that they play is structured is just different, but they still want to play because deep with, within them they're still a child so oh yeah um, those are the kinds of things i'm passionate about yeah but maybe in a few years your mind will change given you <laughs> never know i have three nieces <laughs> like um i don't have kids myself i have three nieces my siblings yes. I love those kids. I love those kids so much. And I often, they, they're, they're the reason why I'm so conflicted, right? I think my decision would be so much simpler without them. <laughs> but because of them, I remember every time I think of whether I want kids or not, my, my younger sister, um, she, her, her child, I remember once I was sitting on the couch at home and I'd never experienced this before. You know how proud of yourself you feel when someone else's child sleeps on you? You feel like oh, you've accomplished yeah. something, you know? <laughs> um, so I got that mm. feeling and I won't lie to you. Like it's gotten me to this day. Uh, but now I wanted mm -hmm. you and I to get into this. Um, why beauty pageants? Yeah, to be quite honest, that's what I'm also still asking myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I never thought I would be into beauty pageants because of the stereotypes that exist around them. Yeah. I never thought it would be um, a space that I would feel like I belong because mm. I'm not your typical, um, you know, tall, skinny model. Um, yeah. So it, it was always a, a space that I've kind of be, felt sort of scared of being in, but at the okay. same time, I've, always been into into fashion um fashion shows and i always watch pageants like i've always been interested in just the dynamics of them um yeah. but last year 
I said, you know what, maybe I should just try this. And I feel like, you know, I always say, I think, you know, God has a sense of humor. Like, it's so funny how everything has just worked itself out when it comes to pageants. I have things that I want to achieve, but I never thought that pageants would kind of be the platform that God would use for me to um, achieve those things. So I ended up saying, you know what, if mm-hmm. I am going to build my confidence, build my self-esteem through pageants, then why not? Yeah. But also just breaking stereotypes. About I was ag- about with- to get into exactly exactly that actually uh because yeah. as you as you were speaking earlier about uh occupational therapy right and the fact that not a lot of people know what it is and when people don't understand or aren't exposed to something we develop myths around that thing um mm. and i think also with beauty pageants the thing about it is we all i mean i remember since i was very young miss south africa has always been a thing um and i think part of our pop culture here in south africa but you don't often come across mothers who are encouraging their daughters to uh participate mm. in them and i'm interested as to in your experience, what are some of the stereotypes that you found um, and the things that you still having to shake off that people believe about women who participate in these pageants? Yes. Um, firstly, I think the main stereotype, well, one of the main stereotypes is that women that participate in pageants have no brains. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That they just want to look pretty in front of a camera and then that's about it. And that's such a terrible stereotype. We see so many women, Mm. I think, that are breaking those stereotypes with the first runner-up for Miss South Africa right now. She's a doctor. Um, We see all the incredible work that Shurupazo is doing as Miss South Africa. Rolene Strauss is a doctor and she was Miss South Africa. Mm. Uh, Tamron Green. So I I think there's so many stereotypes that um, as time is going, women are kind of breaking about pageants. So the first one is that, you know, girls that enter pageants don't have brains. No, we have brains mm-hmm. um, and they work. We also just want to empower women through these um, through these platforms because pageants are very, very empowering. If there's one thing I can say is that I will not regret the decision I made last year to enter a pageant and it was just honestly the best thing I could have done for my confidence, for my self-esteem and for my own sense of empowerment. But also I think another stereotype, you know, that still exists in pageants that pageants to a certain extent still have a long way to go when it comes to this. It's just the representation of what beauty is when it comes to women. Mm -hmm. Beauty is not just one shape, one size, one height, one um, skin tone or skin color. Beauty is so broad and it's so diverse. So I think uh, um, when it comes to that, pageants still have a bit of a long way to go when it comes to representation and kind of breaking those barriers and stereotypes about what beauty is or what a model should look like Um, because we all want to, you know, see different women reflected Mm -hmm. on those platforms. It should represent the diversity that exists in our country, but pageants still have, I think a long way to go, but we're not as 
backwards in our thinking as we were when I was young and I was watching pageants. That's another reason why I never entered them is because when I was younger and I was watching pageants, I was like, I don't know. Hey, no one here looks like me. And everyone that (laughs) looks like me is told that they're not beautiful enough. So I think this is, this is sometimes what uh, some people who, I don't know if you've ever come across uh, people who are always against um, the the movement towards representation uh, because it, it it always feels like um, okay actually let me, let me rather take the conversation from this direction you remember how excited people were over the Black Panther movie mm. yeah like just that entire and I know that it it, it wasn't an excitement that resonated with everybody. Um, yeah. And I've, I heard a lot of people around that time talk about how I don't get why everyone is so excited about having mm. a black superhero, right? And I think this is the important thing that a lot of us tend to not understand. And it's the fact that if you don't see people who look like you do a thing, your brain exactly. automatically affirms and confirms within itself that it must mean that people like me um, are unable exactly. to exist and thrive in this space. So I think you're mm. actually bringing about such an important point, the issue of representation. Um, so now mm. I just wanted to find out from you, right? So just with the little little time that we have left, um, I just wanted mm. to you, you to explain what exactly does it mean to be a miss this or that or that uh because i can imagine that there are some responsibilities that rest on your shoulders um and i I think for me not having an in-depth knowledge the one thing i do understand is that it's not just about being pretty which is why there's a lot of initiatives that you participate in so it does have a lot to do with shaking your community finding places where there's brokenness right um and and try to come up Mm -hmm. with ways that you can fix and obviously not in a perfect manner uh but what exactly would you say if there's a little girl out there young black uh, i don't know if i should go as far as saying having your body type but which i i I would believe you'd agree Mm -hmm. with me in saying that it doesn't really matter um, a young black girl out there or even white Afrikaans or whatever language they may be speaking, how would you explain the experience of being a Miss X? Yes. So um, I would say that firstly, I highly, as a girl that never thought she would ever fit into the pageantry space, I mm-hmm. highly recommend that every young woman, if they can, should enter a pageant don't overthink it don't think about what you look like where you're from or anything enter a pageant and grow from that experience that's the first thing i would say to every young woman and then secondly whatever comes with the miss depends on the pageant and what the pageant stands for it's very important i think when we think of pageants when it comes to breaking those stereotypes about pageants being just about beauty it's very important to realize that not every pageant is the same so i entered a pageant last year um that was about empowering young women with leadership skills and the one that i've entered now is more about entrepreneurship and getting into your boss lady side and 
equipping us with entrepreneurship skills. Mm. So every pageant is different. Look for pageants that are in your area and you can even start small. Start with small pageants, enter them and see what pageants are about and grow from those experiences, enter into them with an open heart and just make sure firstly that whatever pageant you enter has a good rep. Um, so that you're not finding yourself in a space um, of exploitation in any way. And then thirdly, I would also just want to say that to any girl that feels like they might not be good enough, they might not be beautiful enough or pretty enough because they don't necessarily represent, like what you said, what is constantly thrown in, like at our faces. Yeah. Just enter enter and let it be an empowering experience for you. And I personally believe that if you love yourself enough, then automatically the environment has no choice but to respond. If you give off energy of you loving yourself, you knowing your worth, everything around you will respond to that. So that's Mm. what I would say. Oh, that is so incredible. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Hey, um, I sure. know I wanted to. OK, I'm going to just a little bit of time. Right. Um, I'm going to throw this question at you because I promised to do so. Uh, we've just about <laughs> run out of time. But uh, can men do more than just provide um, financial uh, support in a relationship? Can they do more? Yes. I mean, How? Like, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Absolutely. I think it's just important to realize that relationships are not just about money. There's so much more that your partner needs from you. Mm. Um, For example, if your partner, you know, is doing, for example, things that I enjoy doing, like pageants or whatever, you want to know that your partner can support you. They'll, you know, they'll be there for you. You don't have to come to every single thing that I do, but just to know that, you know, your support, your, your partner has your back and they are supporting you in the things that you're doing. So it definitely goes way beyond finances. You also want to know that your partner actually wants to invest in you, not just with throwing money at your face or throwing gifts at your face, but do you actually want to know how my day was? Do you actually like care about how I'm doing emotionally? Mm. So I think it, it goes way beyond just finances. And I think sometimes, I don't know, just based on what I've seen and what I've also just experienced, I think sometimes guys make the mistake of thinking that money will solve everything when it comes to your partner and that's not Mm. always the case i Mm. think at the end of the day it's very important to understand how the female mind works you Mm -hmm. know and the Mm -hmm. female mind also taps into emotions you know of course you enjoy it when your partner takes you out and you know that does nice financial things for you but if that person is not emotionally present with you yeah i'll speak for myself it just it all just absolutely means nothing Sure. So support your, your, your partner, you know, your woman is starting a business, be her first customer. Or if you don't like what she's selling, get her five people that will want to buy what she's selling. Mm. I think it's just that involvement and that, that support as well. And just being kind yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah I could speak the whole day because I'm, I love, I'm definitely, love, so, yeah. I'm definitely <laughs> like getting, getting encouraged as you're speaking. Hey, uh, but we'll definitely be inviting you again, surely on the show. Honestly speaking, you've, you've been quite a blast. Um, quickly give your handles, um, for people to follow you and check out the stuff that you're doing. 
Sure. I am Zakane Sono on Instagram and on Facebook and then Zaki uh, underscore Sono on Twitter. But on all platforms, it's Zakane Sono, Zakane with an E.